Alhamdulillah 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 Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nastaghfiruhu wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkalu alayh wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina may yahdihillahu fala mudilla lah may yudlilhu fala hadiya lah wa nashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa nashhadu anna muhammadan 'abduhu wa rasuluhu وصلى الله عليه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا أما بعد فنعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقال الله تعالى في القرآن الكريم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اصبروا والصابروا ورابطوا واتقوا الله لعلكم تفلحون صدق الله العظيم Beloved brothers and sisters, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. Wanu'minu bihi, wanatawakkalu alayhi. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves and the wrong actions in our actions. And whomever Allah guides, none can misguide. And whomever Allah lets astray, none can guide. We bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah. There is no master but Allah. We are servants to none but Allah. There is no God but Allah. And we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and many more and many more. Kathira and kathira. And my beloved brothers and sisters, I ask you the same question I ask every single time I stand before you, and that is for you and I to take a look at ourselves and ask ourselves what is changing. What is changing in our hearts? What is changing in our relationships? What is changing in our society? And then what is changing in our world? Of course, in our world, the same point that I bring up over and over again, whether we speak about the Muslims in Myanmar, or whether we speak about them in Afghanistan, or Iraq, or Somalia, over and over again, we keep hearing about Muslims in Syria and elsewhere who are getting called back to their creator, or even if we speak about Yemen. And what is happening, they're being called back to face the inevitable judgment. And this applies also to non-Muslims who are being called throughout the world in this increasing amount of destruction that is taking place. So at the very least, whenever you hear about these mass deaths, at the very least, Try to remember your own judgment. It's reached the point that anytime I see footage of the Rohingya Muslims, I just can't even say anything. The news, even most recently, about the new techniques of war being used against the women of, of the, among the Rohingya Muslims uh, is just disgusting. But there are no words except for la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There is no power, no strength except for Allah which is what we are sometimes prescribed to say when you hear some news that is just horrifically bad. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. And again, look at what is happening in our society. The same point that I brought up last time, that we have been hearing over and over again of accusations of misconduct coming against so many politicians, so many celebrities, and even many Muslim preachers over and over again. This is a very fascinating moment in our history of our society. So many people are coming forward. And on the one hand, it can shake your faith, especially if it is people that you look up to. And on the other hand, it is good and important 
that women who were otherwise being shut down or scared or coerced into silence are coming forward and raising their voices about these closet injustices that take place. By closet, I mean that they're happening in such a way that people are forced to keep quiet about it. And even some of the news about the way people try to keep it secret uh, is bizarre. One of the students was showing me or sending me an article about how Harvey Weinstein, this Hollywood, big-time Hollywood producer, even hired not just high-powered lawyers, but he hired former Mossad to go after all the women who would be accusing him. And that's what happens. When you do wrong, either you own up to the wrong that you do, either you admit at least to yourself the wrong that you do, or you will find yourself running from it. How? by making more excuses and making more excuses. You and I know that if you tell a lie, it is almost impossible to only tell one lie. Because if you tell a lie, you're basically creating a different reality. I didn't do my work because of such and such. And then you might have to tell another lie to support that, and then another lie to support that, and then you get yourself buried deeper and deeper and deeper. So I'm saying every single one of us, my beloved brothers and sisters, we all sin, but one of the blessings of our creation is the opportunity for tawbah. And seriously, think about what I'm saying, the opportunity for seeking forgiveness. Why? Because if you do wrong, you can either keep running, and you may find yourself running for years upon years upon years, or you can face the punishment, you can face the consequence, you can face the humiliation now. And this is often the case, a conversation that parents bring me to when they find out that their 15-year-old, their 13-year-old is lying to them. And the conversation I always bring up is I'll ask the 13-year-old, okay, if you're lying and you get caught, what happens? Well, I get in trouble. But what if you're lying and you're not admitting that you're lying? Then what happens when you get caught? Well, then I get in double trouble. And this is the point. The point is that you cannot escape judgment. I cannot escape judgment. And so the goal when I do something wrong is to try to straighten myself out as soon as I can. Okay. Think about whatever wrong it is that you may be doing these days or I may be doing these days. Try your best to own up. Try your best to take ownership of the wrong that you're doing as soon as you can requiring you to face whatever humiliation or consequences go with it. And so that, at the very least, is a reminder for when we're hearing the news of today. So I said that when we're hearing the news globally of all these mass deaths, take it at the very least as a reminder of your own judgment. Of course, better than that is to pray for them, and better than that is to do something more. And then when you're hearing these new, this news about all these, these accusations, all these allegations of these horrible crimes against women, and in some cases against men, take it at the very least, at the very least, as a reminder to take ownership of your own wrongs. We discussed this much more last week, and I won't repeat some of those points. But then bring it again closer to home. Why is it that week after week, I keep bringing up, bringing up the point for each and every one of us to take control of our tongues? Because the tongue is so powerful that I keep seeing over and over again how it splits up communities. Over and over again. I was just reading a narration, a hadith attributed to the Prophet, may peace be upon him, where he's reported to have said, it's a very long hadith, and I'll give you the, the bullet points of it. He was making a point about those among the children of Israel. 
the scholars among the children of Israel, that when they would see wrong among their people, they would tell them that this is wrong. But then the next day, the people would not change their behavior, yet the scholars would still spend time with them. And then what happens is that the nature of good behavior or bad behavior is that it spreads. So if you put yourself in the company of people who are upright, you will find yourself becoming more upright. If you put yourself in the company of people whose behavior is corrupt, you will find yourself becoming corrupt. And so what was happening with these scholars among the children of Israel, that the scholars themselves started getting corrupt. And then it reaches the point where you start turning everything upside down. What do I mean? What is it that makes you and I commit sins? It's our appetites. Whether it's for me to consume something that I should not consume. Whether it's for me to look at something I should not look at. Whether it's for me to hear something I should not hear. Whether it's for me to do something I should not do. Or at the very least, whether it's for me to say something I should not say. Every single time I do that, I am fulfilling my appetite. We call this your nafs, your nafs alamara besu. This is your commanding voice within yourself commanding you to do wrong. But what happens each time you answer this voice? It becomes stronger. And so we're taught anytime you do something wrong, follow it up with something good. If you say some bad language, follow it up with seeking of forgiveness. If you hear bad language, follow it up with seeking of forgiveness. So, because what happens is that when you do more and more and more, your appetite keeps demanding even more. And so then what happened with the children of Israel? That they started turning against each other. They started turning to friendships outside of their community to work against people within their community. And then what does Allah Ta'ala say? Something very frightening. Uh, what does the Prophet say, peace be upon him? Something very frightening is that when they started turning themselves upside down, or when a people start turning themselves upside down, how? By this progression of increased sin, increased sin, increased sin, that then you will start being hit with attacks, whether they are from other nations or from the sky or what have you, and Allah Ta'ala will not answer those prayers. And so what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? It all starts with a small action whether it's a bad word or a bad look. And so what am I saying? Be militant about your behavior. Over and over again, you'll hear me mention that nobody cares if you and I are praying Jummah, except for us, and inshallah, Allah cares. But otherwise, it impresses not too many people. But if you are, if we are a people of upright conduct, then everyone will respect us. Meaning, we appreciate across the diversity of our communities the different way people serve the divine, the way, different way people observe their religious practices. But if the end result is that people see you as a people who are corrupt, they don't care what your religious practices are. So try your utmost best to be as militant as you can with your conduct. And now let us take a moment and ask Allah Ta'ala for forgiveness. Wa akhirat da'wana and alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu unusalli ala rasulihi al kareem. Amma ba'ad, we express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala. We seek blessings upon the Prophet. 
So one of the nice points is that we're reading, we're reaching the end of the semester. And as much as you all love reaching the end of the semester, I can assure you that the teachers love reaching the end of the semester even more than all of you do combined. Because just as all of you are finishing up all your work so you can take your break, we are waiting for you to turn, into your, turn in your work so we can give you your, your, your grades, and then we can be rid of you. So I'm saying, my beloved brothers and sisters, while you are finishing up this semester, the other point that you hear from me over and over again, in terms of your grades, be people of excellence. Okay. Don't shoot for A, shoot for A+. Shoot for, figure out who is your competition in your class. Figure out who are the best students in your class and that is your competition. Unless you are, mashallah, the best student in your class. In that case, then you compete against yourself. Is also, it's not a problem to make life fun, to make life an adventure. I was having a conversation with another student yesterday who graduated from here quite some time ago. And he loves challenges. He loves to do extreme sports and all those things. Of course, you know, I have to remind all of us that if you're Muslim in America, that already is an extreme sport. But the point I'm making here that I said to him is that for me, I only like to do things if they're impossible. If it's something simple, then it doesn't interest me. But if it's something completely, completely impossible, then that gets me interested. I don't know if that's ego, I don't know if that's laziness, or what have you. But the point is that when you develop a taste for excellence, you don't want to do less than that. When you develop a taste for doing things to perfection, you don't want, you will find yourself not wanting to do anything less than that. And that is synonymous with good character. That the Prophet, may peace be upon him, told us that a believer, whenever the believer endeavors in anything, they do it to perfection. So try that. Try that even in the way you conduct yourself. Try that even in the way that you speak. And of course, here I'm speaking about your schoolwork. Even if it's something as simple as writing more neatly. Of course, penmanship is gone because now everything is on computers, but still, when you write, Try to do everything as perfectly as you can, because when you develop that taste, you will have tremendous joy in doing things perfectly. But there is a dark side to this. There's two dark sides. One dark side is that when you get used to doing things as precisely and as perfectly as you can, and you see other people don't do it, it'll drive you crazy. Because you will get repulsed by mediocrity. And the other dark side, we have a teaching, this is a hikmah you find all across different traditions, is that perfection is the enemy of the good. Meaning if you focus too much on perfection, you will find yourself not doing anything. Which leads me to a final point related to procrastination. A lot of times when we speak of laziness, we think that someone is just a bad person because they're lazy. But what's fascinating, what more and more data is showing us is a lot of times laziness is not that someone's bad. It's that they've, it, this is serious, that they've gotten yelled at too many times. When, stu when parents come to me also with their child who's lazy, I'll ask them, how many times in a given day do you praise your child? And how many times in a given day do you correct, do you correct your child? And the vast majority of parents in our community will correct their child, and I'm using polite words here, 
hundreds of times a day. Don't do it this way, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. Yet the amount of praise you can probably count even on one hand because usually it's zero. And then what happens when you're being raised where you're being criticized all day long, you are internalizing a consciousness of failure because you're going to have the assumption that you can't do anything correctly. You know, I have students who will come who will say, I can't even get out of bed. Or when I have to do a small task, like run to Walgreens to get something, I can't get myself to do it. Some of that might actually be depression, but in some cases, what am I saying? That if your whole life you're getting criticized, 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 you're internalizing this sense that you can't do anything. So it, gets, it becomes very difficult to get yourself to get up and do something. So what I'm saying is a lot of times when we're procrastinating, it might be because we're lazy, but the laziness might be because we've been conditioned that- Friday, November 17th, 2017, 1 p.m. failures. So how do you fight that? In fact, let me tell you one more story, which I'm sure all of you know where this is going, so I've told this many times. Imagine you come home to really, really make the point about perfection is that you come home and you tell your parents, I came in second out of 50,000 students. And every single one of you knows what your parents, especially if you're Dacier era, what your parents will say. Why not first? Now when the parents are saying this to you, they're saying, I know you have it in you to be first. But what you are hearing is that you failed. See the point? And all of you should record this because you're gonna experience this, inshallah, when you become parents. You are speaking to your child out of love, but your child will hear often the opposite of what your intention is. My daughter, she just had a college interview last week. Still doesn't wanna to come to Loyola, but she had a college interview last week. And so I'm discussing with her, how did your interview go? And she's telling me everything, and I'm telling her, I'm very, very impressed. You're, 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 you did this all really well. And then I started going into how in the interview they want to get to know you and see that you're unique, and I'm just rambling on, and then she started thinking that I was telling her that she just messed up completely. When all I was doing was saying, just in a college interview, they just want to see how unique you are. So, having said that, how do you fight this laziness? Take whatever it is that you have to do and try to reduce it to about four or five small steps. Whatever it is, if you have to write a paper and you can't bring yourself to start it, if you have to study and you can't bring yourself to start to, uh, to, start to study, see if you can reduce that whole project down to a few small steps, with the first few steps being something very small. Because for many of us, if you're a chronic procrastinator, what do, you, what, need, what do you need to happen? Just take the first few steps and then many of us can start hitting the ground running. So with that, what is the point, my beloved brothers and sisters? It's continuous, continuous improvement. So I'll remind you of the Prophet, may peace be upon him, who had the most perfect of character and who did excellence in every single thing he did, even if it was the foot that he would use to enter or leave a room. إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم 
اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وبارك وسلم Oh Allah, we call upon you with all of your names to shower your blessings upon the Prophet وسلم, and upon his family and upon his companions and extend the blessings and peace upon them all. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasanah wa fil akhirati hasanah wa qina adhab nar Our Lord, our cherisher, our sustainer, grant us the best of this life and the best of the hereafter and protect us from the fire. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati wa ma yasifoon. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Aqim as-salaam.